I invite you to turn uh, turn with me to Luke chapter 2, and uh, we'll be looking this morning from verse 8 through to verse uh, 20 as we hear these famous words from the angel announcing that uh, the Savior, Christ the Lord, is born this day. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through to 20, let's hear God's word. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds, said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known uh, to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart, And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. This is God's word. Please be seated. It has somewhat uh, amused me to discover that um, meeting on Sunday on Christmas Day has become something of a controversy in Christian circles. It surprised me at many, many different levels. Partly, we always seem to be discovering new things for Christians to argue about. But it also surprises me culturally because, and I obviously can't speak for every country in the world, but from my cultural background in England, it is actually normal to meet on Christmas Day, whether Christmas Day Uh, falls on a Sunday or a Monday or a Tuesday or Friday, it is one of the biggest uh, gatherings of uh, the church throughout the year, second only probably to Easter Sunday morning. So the idea of not meeting on uh, Christmas uh, Day uh, during the week was a wonderful discovery for me when I first came to America on the East Coast. So to meet on, uh, on, uh, on Christmas uh, Day uh, feels to me normal. That is not to say that the English are necessarily more holy because they meet on Christmas Day. In fact, they uh, meet less frequently on Christmas Eve. And at Christmas Eve, uh, the churches tend to be less full, and those who turn up for a Christmas Eve service tend to be those who've just rolled out of the pub. And you literally have on the doors people making sure that someone's only had two, not three or four drinks before they turn up. All these cultural aspects of Christmas can make it harder for us to grasp how it is that we are meant to respond. 
And here in our passage this morning, this morning, we are seeing that the glory of God at Christmas is to be responded to not only by pondering, but also by preaching, both those ways, pondering and preaching. First of all, pondering, and Mary, of course, is the model for us in this regard, and you'll see that it is told to us that's exactly uh, what she does. Verse 19, but Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. We too easily think about Christmas or about Christianity, oh yeah, I know all of that. But we need to ponder it. And as she ponders, there are three little elements that we're told of what that means. First of all, she treasures. She treasures what is happening. I wonder what our treasure is. Mary's treasuring the Christmas experience. When I think of treasuring, I think of the Lord of the Rings and Gollum saying, my precious, my precious. What is our precious? Gollum's mistake is not that he had a precious, but that he had the wrong precious. We are to enjoy all that God gives us as good from his heavenly, loving, fatherly hands. But from him, ultimately, as our precious, he is our treasure. And if we're to ponder the truth of Christmas, it begins with treasuring him. She treasured. But not only did she treasure, she's pondering, she ponders these things in her heart. There are two elements, therefore, to this pondering in her heart. First of all, there's the thinking. Thinking. (laughs) To actually dig down deep and think. Christians, of all people on the face of the planet, are to be people who think. We are to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, and mind. There's been all sorts of uh, analysis as to the lack of thinking in our own day. One famous book was written about it called Amusing Ourselves to Death. We're so entertained, so distracted, that it's hard for us to actually think. Another famous book written not so much about the culture at large, but about Christians in particular, was called um, The Scandal of the Evangelical Mind. And if you haven't read that book or don't want to, the summary of it is The Scandal of the Evangelical Mind is that there is not one. But we Christians of all people are to think, to be people of nuance, Not just right, wrong, digital, on, off, on, off. I sometimes think that the whole digital world in which we live is influencing our brains at a subliminal level to be on, off, right, wrong, black, white, yes, no. But not nuanced. 
to think. But of course, she pondered these things in her heart. Now, it's a little technical, but biblically, the heart is not only the place of thinking, it's the place of feeling and willing as well, but it certainly includes the feelings. We are to therefore treasure this truth of Christmas by thinking it, but therefore also as a consequence by feeling it, emoting it, having an affectional response to it, visceral in our gut, feeling the truth. The cults, the false teachers, will try to go round your mind straight to your feelings. Bible truth always goes through your mind, but then needs to land in our feelings. She pondered these things in our heart. The glory of God at Christmas is to be responded to, therefore, by pondering, treasuring, thinking, and feeling. When uh, Rochelle and I had uh, uh, first got married, I decided that I needed to change a few things and uh, reorientate my life a little bit. As some of you will know, I have a tendency to work very hard. And before I was married, my, uh, I took a day off like you're meant to, of course, as Christians. But six days a week I worked and I had a lot to get done. And so my schedule was roughly speaking to work from six in the morning to midnight and then repeat. I got a lot done. But then I was getting married and I thought I needed to, you know, change my schedule a little bit and work less hard. And so I decided I would work from six in the morning to 11 o'clock at night instead. (laughs) How much I had to learn. One day uh, after we fairly recently got married, I uh, went off to the library and I told Rochelle that I was going to the library and I'd be back uh, a little bit later But I was there in the library reading books and book after book after book, I was pondering and thinking and feeling and pondering and thinking and feeling. I didn't get back home until very late. I think she thought I had died. But if it's not a library, where is your space, your place where you ponder? and treasure and think and feel dig down deep but there is not only here pondering in in this passage our response to the glory of God at Christmas is also to be preaching preached and the example here for us is not so much Mary but now the shepherds Look at verse 17. And when they saw it, here's their response. They made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. Or verse 20. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. They preached it, they witnessed it, they evangelized it, they verbalized it, they spoke it, they responded by proclamation, by preaching, by talking about what they'd seen and heard. So we're to respond to the glory of God at Christmas not only by pondering deep, but also by preaching wide. We, I think, completely misunderstand 
the way that shepherds in the New Testament would have been thought of. We think of shepherds as sort of a nice, sweet, constable-like painting, pastoral scene, but the shepherds were not really that kind of it didn't evoke that kind of picture in the people's minds of the times. The, the time, the shepherds were those who were with the sheep out in the wilds, staying outside. The shepherds were the rough and the ready. The shepherds were the hard-bitten men who protected the sheep. They were tough. They were strong. The shepherds, I think, in many ways, were far more like what would be evoked in our mind by the cowboys on the range. They were cowboys looking after not their cows, but their sheep. And to make that point this morning, because it's Christmas morning, I thought I would do something a little unusual. Our organist is from Texas. And uh, he and I have occasionally joked that one Sunday morning I would wear my cowboy boots. I don't think he can believe that I actually have a pair of cowboy boots, but I do. And so though it is not Sunday morning, it is Christmas morning, and I am wearing a pair of cowboy boots. (laughs) Uh, To make the point, these Shepherds should evoke for us not a genteel, but a vigorous proclamation. Someone here in the church very kindly the other day gave to me a very important book about the Chinese church. And one heroic figure in the Chinese church that I must confess I have never heard of, though clearly was extremely influential, a man called John Song in the early 20th century. Perhaps the most influential Chinese evangelist. John Song saw hundreds of thousands of people come to faith through his ministry, it is believed. And I read this uh, book with great fascination. And I came to the end of it, and the historian at the end of this book summarized what he thought were the lessons that we could learn from the exponential growth of the Chinese church in the 20th century, which grew 50, 50 times over the pace of the growth of the general population, the Chinese church grew. And he had four summary lessons. But the most remarkable for me was one that he sort of took for granted, which he said, if the church was to grow 50 times over the uh, pace of the population growth, obviously there was a remarkable emphasis, an extraordinary emphasis, he said, on evangelism. He said, for most Chinese Christians, to be a Christian is to be a witness. The two, he said, are inseparable. And I reflected on that somewhat, and I began to think perhaps the most extraordinary aspect of contemporary Western evangelicalism or Christianity is an extraordinary lack of emphasis on evangelism. What is the solution to the growth of the church, to reaching the next generation, to evangelizing our culture and our nations? Number one, that every single one of us who names the name of Christ thinks of themselves as a witness. How to do that? As a staff team, we... uh, Some years ago, before COVID, everything changed at COVID, didn't it? We used to have this moment where we called go fishing. 
where we would uh, reflect together as a staff team on those that we had attempted to witness to the previous week. Perhaps we need that in all our ministries, I don't know. Shepherding these shepherds, they're proclaiming, they're evangelizing. So the glory of God at Christmas is not only to be pondered, it is to be preached. It is not only modeled by Mary to the response, but also by the shepherds. Well, as we uh, close, of course, Christmas, talking of the emotions, and we've already heard it prayed about, for many people, Christmas has mixed emotions because it conjures up feelings of those who are not here that we love. The same is true for me. There are parts of Christmas that conjure up emotions of those who are not here that I love. How then can we have the joy of Christmas? And the answer is to ponder and to preach. To dig down deep, thinking and feeling, treasuring, pondering in our heart. And then with the fire lit, be a witness. Turn from inside to out. Let's bow our heads in prayer together. Our Lord God, we do thank you for the great privilege it is as your family to gather together to see all these smiling faces, young and old children and families together. What a joy it is. We thank you for each other. We pray, Lord, that uh, as we uh, go to our various gatherings that we would uh, rejoice together. Please guard us from any kind of foolish arguments with loved ones or family members. Help us to ponder the truth of Christmas, but also to be today a witness as well and in the days ahead. And we pray these things in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen.